When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of The Golf Show. Right here on 93.7 The Fan. I'm Mike DeDorch and, you know, every morning that we wake up, there's news in the world. When we don't need to get into all that, but there's always something going on. Well, this week there's a lot going on in the world of golf. Um, there's news from the Masters and CBS. There's big news from Pinehurst uh, concerning Pinehurst and the USGA, uh, and we will we will talk about those those two and more. But those are the two that that uh, struck me this as as being the the biggest news of the week. You may remember that last year, for the first time, the Masters decided because of a, a really bad afternoon forecast on the final day that they were going to uh, go off uh, early and both the front and the back, in order to try to get them done and beat the storm. That had never never been done in, in Masters history. It was always everybody off the front tee, first tee, and you finish uh, late afternoon, and if there was a playoff, there would be a couple holes. You know, they, you had time for a few holes before darkness set in. So... They uh, came on TV at 9 o'clock in the morning and played out the final round. And Tiger, you may remember, won uh, his green jacket at about uh, 2.30-ish in the afternoon. Well, because of the way this schedule is this this year, the Masters is going to be played in mid-November, which is going to be just... I, I honestly, uh, I wait for the Masters every year just because it's the Masters and because it's Augusta National. Um, but I am really looking forward to it this year because we have never seen a Masters played in mid-November. And as you may know, <laughs> mid-November is peak football season which is also one of CBS's big money makers every year, both collegiately and uh, in the NFL. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall and 
listen to the negotiations between CBS and the folks at Augusta National because there were all kinds of um, uh, suggestions made by the media and other people in golf about how this was all going to work. Well, they announced on Tuesday that the plan is to play the third round or the, or the final round of the Masters on November 15th to end sometime between 2 o'clock and 2.45, which is more than an hour uh, before the network's afternoon or second, you know, second part of the doubleheader NFL games. In addition, that will uh, give them more flexibility in case there is a playoff. How does that affect uh, Western Pennsylvania and the Steelers? You'll have a bit of a choice, I think. Uh, the Bengals play here that day on Fox. The other one, the other day, is Saturday. Now, as you know, Saturday is college football. And as you know, in the South, um, SEC football is king. And they happen to have a, um, a little get-together in Death Valley that night when Alabama and LSU will play. And they're going to make sure that the golf at Augusta National finishes at about 5:30 um, before the the you know they get the local news and and whatever else and the pregame show and I'm guessing the football game will start like at eight o'clock. Um, so it'll be the second year in a row that the master schedule, which is something that they have adhered to very strictly. Over the years, like I said, they've never sent players off on both front and back on a final round until last year. And I don't think they'll have to do that this year. But, you know, who knows between now and November 15th. But it's interesting because that was one of the first things that people talked about when the schedule came out and the Masters was in mid-November. How was CBS going to juggle both of those things so that they can get both of those products on the air? Because they don't want to mess with either one of those. Um, Jim Nance, who you know, who does the the big CBS games, um, and he does the Masters was asked, you know, when this first came out about the schedule changes, you know, how he would handle being in both places. And he said, without any kind of wavering, I will be at Augusta. So now it's going to work that, that he can be at Augusta. And um, I don't know if CBS will have uh, an early game or early games uh, that, that day. Um, but we will hear the uh, smooth and sometimes syrupy voice of Jim Nance at the Masters. So that was big news. Um, 
We also know that, speaking of big news and big events, next week will be the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Um, there, there has been a lot of discussion already, and you know we're not even there yet, but the course setup has come under the very uh, uh, strict eye of the USGA. <laughs> they have let the rough grow. Their intent was to top it off at six inches. Now, that's even higher, I believe, as than what Oakmont had. Um, in 2016 when the Open was here. But there's getting to be more and more sentiment that the USGA is not going to allow six-inch rough, um, especially just off the fairway. So Wingfoot is going to be a bear again. People who have been there, you know, in the last month or so say it is in wonderful shape. It's a great course, and... It is it is set up to play very difficult, uh, which is what you want out of the U.S. Open. If you're old enough, you remember that back in 2006, um, uh, Je- uh, Jeffrey Jeff Ogilvy won his one one and only U.S. Open and major that year. 1980, Fuzzy Zeller and Greg Norman had their their duel uh, on Sunday afternoon, and at one point, uh, Fuzzy turned around in the fairway and waved a white towel at Norman. Uh, but in the end, it was Norman who was holding the white towel and the runner-up trophy again. Um, the most recent one um, was in 2006. Did I say that was... That was Fuzzy Zeller and Greg Norman was 1980. 2006, Mickelson did what he did at, U, at, um, at Oakmont. He went in there a week early and just played and practiced constantly almost. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, he and Bones Mackay, his caddy, you know, just spent hours on the greens getting the slopes and the degree of slope and all that stuff. And it seemed to pay off because he came to the 72nd hole of the mass, of the U.S. Open late on a Sunday afternoon, and all he needed to do was get a par on the 18th hole. I don't have the yardage on on the 18th hole, but it really doesn't matter. Um, When you talk about those guys, everybody assumed that he would take a three-wood, knock it down in the middle of the fairway, and put it on the green two-putt and and, um, force a playoff. Or maybe make a birdie and win it right outright. (laughs) But he took driver, and I think he was a little more wayward at times then than he is now and he hit one so far to the left that it bounced off the roof of a 
big hospitality tent, came back down in the rough. Then he hit his hit a tree with his second shot. Ended up making bogey, or no double bogey. He finished with a double bogey, and posted one of his six runner-up finishes in the U.S. Open. Um, the famous picture of him semi kneeling at the edge of the 18th green and saying something to the effect of what a dope I am. I don't think that was the exact word, but you get the idea. So he hasn't been there that much this year. And, of course, all eyes will be on him um, because that's the only one he doesn't have of the majors. Um, So his quest for that continues. And um, I've been reading a lot about the, the open preview stuff. And one of the names that is being mentioned is our friend who grew up in uh, Peters Township, Brendan Todd. Um, He has proven, after he's come back from that horrid slump that he had, he's become one of the straightest drivers on the tour. Long enough, not terribly long, terribly long. And he's a really good putter. He hasn't been great the last couple times he's had the opportunities well, to maybe maybe win a tournament, but for the most part, he is a he is a good putter. So you put those things together: driver in the fairway, good putter. Wow, that sure sounds like a guy who's going to contend. Um, in the open, and that would be awesome. Uh, he's been in contention. Uh, he hasn't won in a while, but he's won three times since he came back. Um, <laughs> and then the, the the last thing about the open, I saw this this week, and I don't know if uh, you did. A guy went to a Vegas um, sports book put $45,000 down on Mickelson to win the Open. Mickelson is, I think, somewhere in the area of uh, 75.1 or 75 to 1 odds. Pretty nice odds, maybe. (laughs) If that guy happens to win and Mickelson wins, this guy's going to make 1.6 1.6 or 1.7 million dollars. Um, they asked Mickelson at some point this week what he thought about it, and he said, "Well, sounds like um, uh, not only do I really want to win the U.S. Open, sounds like I have a friend who's going to be rooting for me to win the U.S. Open." He said, uh, "I'll be playing for him, but I'm going to be playing for myself mostly." Forty-five thousand dollars, huh? Interesting. Um, What else? Oh, I'm sure you're very much concerned about this, but I saw this story this morning. Uh, Tiger Woods' ex-wife, Ellen Nordgren, remember her, the Swedish model? Um, They split up in 2010, and she bought the property 
with the, with this mansion on it for $12.2 million in 2011. And this mansion is not all that far from Seminole Golf Club in, in uh, Jupiter. It's just down this, you know, kind of empty street, and there's this mansion. Um, Tiger built his own mansion after the split, not all that far from, from um, his ex-wife, because they wanted both parents to be close so they could raise the kids. Well, this mansion was built in, 2000, or in uh, 1932, and it was considered one, you know, one of the really great places. It had uh, eight bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and a 4,700-foot basement in what's called Seminole Landing. Um, she decided she was going to do some redecorating. And once she started doing the redecoration, she decided to, to take it all down and start over again, which she did. She built an 11-bedroom, 15-bathroom mansion that has a theater room, a wine cellar, and a roof deck. Um, that did not go over particularly well that she raised the house, basically. And she's been trying to sell it since then. And it was originally listed at $49.5 million. That was a little, little high, I guess, because it didn't sell. Last November, it was listed for $44 million. And then she finally, in the last week or so, sold it for $29.5 million. I would say she's done okay in the uh, settlement. And the uh, property taxes there in 2019 were $365,747. The life of the rich and famous. All right, let's talk uh, when we come back uh, about the other big news story of the week. You probably have heard about it. The USGA is going to move part of its operation to Pinehurst, to a property right there at the resort. Um, that's really big news, and there's another part of it that's big news too. And we're going to talk to the president of Pinehurst Resort, Tom Pashley. And we're going to do that right after this break. You've been listening. You've been listening to the golf show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 